Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. As always, as you know, my favorite, favorite, favorite time of the week And today I have somebody that just, wow, she's such a huge part of my heart from the moment we first met, uh, Bobby Govanis, whose birthday is today, is the reason I met this amazing, amazing woman. So happy birthday, Bobby. And I I love her. Her first book was How Big Is Your Butt? And that's B-U-T. And she has a follow-up book that I just adore. And it has come with perfect timing called Breaking, oops, as I change the pages, Breaking the Worry Agreement. Okay. This book is another amazing, amazing book. I have relied on Renee for years to help me through so many of life's circumstances when I didn't even realize that I needed help. She is a clinical hypnotherapist. She's a former RN in emergency rooms. But more than anything, what Renee is, is somebody who can help you move past whatever you're going through. She can help you say, enough. I don't rely on my butts anymore. And with her latest book, Breaking the Worry Agreement, she's going to help us today go through how we can stop that cycle of endless worry that can tend to throw our systems completely out of kilter and often stop our dreams. So let's bring Renee onto the show. Hey there. Welcome. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So good to be here, Laura. Thank you. Hey, I I have to start out with, I know you're not in your home where you normally would be because you just had a new grandson. I did. I had a new grandson about five days ago. I'm in Chicago in my daughter's basement in Chicago. So uh, I appreciate everyone tolerating maybe lighting or that sort of thing. But it's so good to be here and um, really have had to utilize her and myself, my own skill sets in regards to subconscious mind and worry and fear and just begin to let it go. And uh, so I've been really last three weeks actually getting her ready to, uh, to have the skill set that I do to be able to help us all through this. I, I would imagine, you know, I've never been pregnant, but I have many friends and family members that have had babies. And I know my mom, um, had struggles getting pregnant and worry and fear were a big thing. She always used to tell me, Renee, that um, when she was pregnant with me, you know, back then you could smoke and, you know, you drank and, and all of that stuff. But, you know, she stopped everything. She wasn't allowed to have any salt, no liquor, no cigarettes, no this, no that. Basically, she said it was the most boring life possible during the pregnancy, but they were afraid that. I would have a heart condition like my brother when he was born, right? So she said she had massive worry. What if, mm-hmm. which I think what if is one of the best ways to describe worry. But um, yeah. I want to I read something from your book, okay, if I may. Okay. I actually Perfect. printed it out yes. on a piece of paper. There is no formal diagnosis of worry like there is for anxiety, Although worry often leads the mind and body into a state of anxiety. 
Worry is, in fact, a building block for anxiety, a training ground, if you will. Worry is fear, a lack of trust, and a waste of imagination. The subconscious voice is telling you, you can't trust yourself to handle or find solutions to this issue or challenge. And that to me was the essence of the book of what my mom was going through when she was pregnant with me, what your daughter was probably going through, you know, being pregnant and and you as well. Can you talk about that and why this book now? Beautiful. Yes. Um, So yes, worry is a building ground. And I have a whole chapter um, of what's going on when we're in worry and fear and how it um, leads us up chemically, neurologically and emotionally anxiety. So if someone comes back track and I already know that they're worrier, I already know that. And I know that worry is the subconscious trying to help you feel better, trying to help you feel safe or protect you but it's not helping you. It's actually making it harder for you. And I get so many people, Laura, that say, you know, I, when I worry, somehow I feel more in control. I feel safer. And I tell them when you're in worry, you're actually utilizing a part of your brain. You're elevating the brain waves. You're elevating chemistry and you are actually less capable of problem solving when you're in that state of fear or worry. So it's very important to feel safe or to to problem solve is to quiet the brain waves and quiet your mind and the chemistry in your body and diagnose or connecting to the subconscious mind. That's where we need to work is the subconscious mind. Hypnotherapist, that's what I do. I help people get to that subject and build that. And also when you're in worry, the what ifs, the sh- and you're in the you're in the future, and we have no control over the future. We think control, but we do not. So that's what I mean by wasted energy. That it is wasted because if you're in the future or with a big, big but, I want to make changes. But you're in the past. If you're there, you're not here, centered for your life that's going on today. You're not present for your life. You're not capable of problem solving today if most of your energy is in the past or in the future. So um, so that's why I wrote the book. Um, I've been trying to write this book, you'll laugh at Laura, for three years. Uh, my first book was it's been a bestseller for four and a half years, right? And I was like, about a year and a half in, I'm like, and I really want to worry, write about worry because I see it so much in my clients. But this is the thing. I kept putting it off and putting it doing other projects and doing. And then I was like, what's going on? And I did my own work and I realized I was worried about it. Isn't that what funny? were you worried? About? I, was, I was worried because I got such um, how big is your butt got such great reviews and it's done so well. And I had such support from this from readers and clients. They loved it. It's been a good tool. My worry that it wasn't going to be the same quality or for some reason I didn't have enough to say about it. And I worried. And that was my own ego. That was my own stuff. And I cleared that. And then COVID happened. And I had started working with my publisher, uh, Linda Sterling, and uh, in February. And I was like, I'm going to get on this and she's going to help me. And we're just really going to then COVID hit. And now I'm... 
I'm working through COVID. I've actually never been busier in my entire life than the last year um, because people are just really struggling with worry and fear and the what ifs. And so it was a good timing. But I wrote a whole book on what, when the world worries because someone who's an empath, someone who's, who's con- connected to energy and many, many of us women who are caregivers, I know you are as well. Empath just really means taking on the energy of other people. And this is physics. It's not wooey. It's really just you have thoughts that create chemistry and we feel that in our physical body and spinning and that chemistry that energy of the, whenever we have a chemical reaction, we have energy and we feel that outside of us. Well, as an empath, someone who said you feel people's energy. So imagine the world's energy. I know for me at the beginning of this, it was very, very difficult. I was really had to just ground myself and get myself stable. So um, that's what I mean by when the world worries, we feel it and you can't get away from it. You can't hide from it. And the world was quiet. And when people and when there's quiet, there's no ability to be outside ourselves and distract ourselves. What's really going on on the inside. That's interesting what you just said about distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And shout out to Linda Sterling, dear friend, amazing publisher. uh, I think you introduced me to her. (laughs) Say that again. I think you introduced me to her. I did. I think you gave me, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because I I just love and adore Linda. And I think Mm -hmm. she's just an amazing person to help people get their books out of them and onto paper and to be such a huge success. But you talked about distraction. And with COVID for a lot of people, distractions went away. And other distractions came into play, right? You had the distractions of, I have to physically go to work. I've got to drop my kids to these 10 different places they need to go. Um, You know, what do I need to wear? How do I need to act? And then all of a sudden you're in your house, everybody's in your house and any issues in your home, whether physical issues with the environment or, mental, emotional issues with the environment and the people, you couldn't avoid those anymore. They are completely in your face. Does that actually, you know, you talked about worry becomes bigger, but does worry change based on what's going on? Can it become bigger because distractions change and you've kind of gotten used to handling worry when it's presented a certain way and when it's now presented differently, it has more impact? That's a great question. And I know you're the pro at questions. So thank you for that. Um, It does change. The focus of it changes, but what's happening in your physical body, the chemistry, the neuro connections, and the, the, the pushing of the buttons of these beliefs that we hold ourselves, not good enough, not lovable, not smart, not capable, alone. Wow, that's been a big one in the last year with COVID. These are buttons are being pushed. So you're having the same reaction, but something you said was very important. They couldn't escape it. People could not escape it. So what happened is the mind and the body um, would try to find other ways to do it. So as a relapse prevention specialist, someone who works with addicts all the time, I have seen a lot of people who've been sober for 20, 
30 years who have relapsed, new people who have just started drinking because they just didn't have any skill set. This is why I write the books, Laura, because I want to teach people that there are ways to do it, to be the boss of your subconscious mind. You just be along for the ride. And what I saw this last year was the cracks in the relationships really showed up during COVID in the sense that I had families that really didn't understand their children because they didn't spend time because the children were here and there. When the children are now in the house, I can't tell you how many people understood that their child had a lot of fears, that their child had learning disabilities, that the marriage was in trouble for sure. And But sometimes it brought people closer together, but a lot of cracks in the foundation showed up. And this is why I am so busy right now because we, did, we packed it down. They did the best they could. People ate, people drank, people shopped online. I mean, Amazon has never been busier than people. What is that? That's a symptom of people trying to get away from the chemistry, the emotions and the beliefs and the worry agreement that they have with themselves. And when you worry, and I talk about this a lot in the book, when you worry about the world, it is overwhelming and it's just unscapable. And the news and the deaths and the... It was, it's been a really hard time for people. And I'm seeing so many people on the other end of this with high levels of anxiety that they didn't know existed. Now, one thing that's been really great about this book is that I have a lot of support and I love a lot of healers that I, that I'm networking with and they, you know, they bought the book because they wanted to support me and they started reading the book. They were shocked, shocked that they were underlying worriers. They're like, Renee, I had no idea. I had no idea that I was a worry and I was comfortable. Like you said, we get comfortable to this, this level of uncomfortableness in our body and in our mind and in our lives. Actually, right, like a baseline. Almost, we have a baseline yeah. of worry yeah. and we're yeah. just like, okay, that's, that's normal. But then something yeah. changes it. Yeah. And then it elevates, right? That's right. why when people are in crisis, they don't have any skill sets because they realize the worry really hasn't helped them at all. And now they don't have the physical or the emotional energy to handle what's going on right in front of them. Um, even a lot of illnesses have shown up because when you spin in this chemistry of worry and fear that lead to anxiety, it's very toxic, very toxic to the, to the carton, I say container it's held in for sure. And um, this is what I'm just trying to help people back up, get to the cause. The symptom will resolve itself once people get to the cause, which is what's being triggered for you? What deep inner stuff is, is are dealing with right now that's just showing up in your life in worry? And this illusion of worry helps me safe or helps me, my family feel like they're more loved if I worry. I have a whole, I, because relationships, have really showed up this year in, in, and why I was writing the book and in my practice actually for the last nine years is um, it's all about the relationships. And I have a chapter in the book about how worry affects your relationships. Because if you're in worry and you're there or you're in the past, you're not here. And I guarantee you every one of the relationship, your children, your husband or your wife, um, co-workers, you're not with them. 
and people feel it when you're not with them, when you're not connecting to them, because worry, I want people to think about worry as this kind of screen or bubble around you. People can't truly get in when your energy is somewhere else. So to really be present in relationships, it's about being here, right here and trusting yourself that you can learn the skills and may not feel comfortable right now. You can learn the skills to begin to release it and be the boss of your subconscious. Is worry ever good? Yes, actually, it is. It can be. Um, I, I don't see, I don't like the word worry. I mean, I love it because it's a basis of my book. But um, I don't like it for people because being a from a worrier to a project manager. There's a difference. It's not like we could just live in the present and I am, I'm all Zen and I'm doing yoga every day and life is so fabulous. We cannot live that way. We do have to, we do have to plan for the future, right? So becoming a planner, which is positive, which is, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my long-term goal. This is my short-term goal. And these are the steps that I'm going to do it. Now that's a plan. Okay, I'm going to make that phone call and I'm going to do this. That's structure. That is positive energy. But when you start worrying, what if the plan doesn't work? What if I lose my job? But if I'm homeless in two years, what if my kids can't go to college? Boom, boom, boom. Now you're way out there. It's really about being here and being a planner, a structured planner. And also going into neutral. I have been a worrier in my life and I talk a lot about and um, it's really not about not worrying. It's about going into neutral and observe the worry if that's what shows up for you. We cannot remove a habit, Laura. We have to replace it. And in the book, I give lots of ability to replace the habit worry. And, and you do. And it's amazing. And I want to talk about a few uh, of those things. But something you just said uh, triggered a thought in my head. As you know, because you've been on my show when your other book had come out and everything. I, I read a book by um, several different astronauts. And they said that one of the things that is a hallmark of the astronaut program that enables them to, when they're in space, react calmly to anything that may happen is because for years before they get in that rocket and arrive at their destination, whether it's the moon or the space station or the space shuttle or whatever it may be, they literally in meetings sit down and I don't know if you'd call it worry, but in a way it is, they sit there and run through every potential what if could happen. What mm -hmm. if I die while I'm there? What if this part breaks? What if we lose oxygen, like what happened with Apollo 13? And they run through so many horrible, horrible scenarios and come up with solutions or potential solutions right. for how to fix that in case it happens so that by the time they get up there, they're like, oh, we've thought of every contingency, we're good. So is that worry or is that not worry. So that's planning, in my opinion. That is planning. Okay. And because they problem solve with it, they just don't worry. They problem solve and they create. It's hard to create if you're in an elevated state of high beta brainwave, uh, stress, fight or flight. 
um, stress situation you cannot problem solve. Your prefrontal cortex of your brain, your executive function just starts closing down. And it's harder for you to problem solve. Definitely hard for you to create math. This is why they say girls you know, have a harder time with math. No, girls are taught anxiety about math. And when they're in anxious, it's they cannot function prefront, their prefrontal cortex as highly as it should. And that's it. If, they, if I get my people to get calm, they can take test takes like crazy. But that initial thing of worry or uh, alertness, let's just say, about an issue that could come up, right? That initial chemistry is not bad. It's good for us. A certain level of that can be good in the sense that it gives us a little bit of energy. We feel a little bit more alert. We're uh, focused in what we're doing, and that's great. But when you do that day after day after day and you're not sleeping because you're doing that day after day after day, you're really hurting your physical body, but your neurons are connecting together because when we repeat a pattern again and again, it it just makes it, oh, we're doing this now, let's go there. And you start doing it automatically. This is why worriers don't even know they're worrying to the extent because it's automatic, it's a well-worn path and the neurons just take them on that because there's other stuff to learn how to do, right? Now, you said something very interesting that months before they're, they're, they're worrying they're problem solving they absolutely are playing they're being project managers but something else that astronauts are doing and also fighter pilots their training includes quieting down their own brain waves and going into the state where they have access to all the information that they've been learning for years and months right because if they go into panic or elevation now the bandwidth of information they can remember in that high beta brain is seven plus or minus bits of information it's very narrow so they can't gather everything so fighter pilots do this is when they're they just learn how to quiet and i have that technique in the book it's called the alpha sequence it's dropping our brain waves into a slower state like driving we drive in the alpha brain wave that's called highway hypnosis when we're zoning out going into that state the fighter pilots do it and I and the astronauts do it as well. They do mindset work. They learn how to quiet their brain waves and go into neutral so they can see all the possibilities in real time. Because if they're in worry, guess where they are? I've been talking about this, right? They're in the future. They need to be right there where they are if something's showing up because they need to be able to quiet things down and problem solve. Does that make sense? It, it does. And it reminded me of um, another one of my favorite guests on the show, Brandon Webb. He wrote a mm -hmm. book called Mastering Fear. He was a Navy SEAL sniper. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And you want to talk about people in high stress situations. And he got asked to revamp Navy SEAL training sniper school, which it's hard to believe, right, Renee? Right. Navy SEALs have this massive failure rate. So like for every 10 guys that go to SEAL, SNEAL school, maybe three make it all the way yeah, through. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. then for to get to be a sniper, you had to have gone through SEAL school. The failure Amazing, rate was yeah. like 96%. Wow. Of the best of the best. And he brought mindfulness into it because he realized that Snipers have to think of so many different things all at the same time because the last thing they want to do is pull the trigger. 
They're really more like Harry Potter gathering information, never wanting to say Adava Kadara, right? To kill the person. And um, yeah, getting my geek on there a little bit. But totally. Anyway, you know, this, this whole idea of being present is is so perfect. And there's one exercise in the book that um, really struck home for me because I always said I didn't meditate, right? And that I am terrible and horrible at meditating. And just before the show today, when I was prepping, I was writing myself these notes and I went, I don't, I'm not terrible at meditating. I just don't do it. <laughs> when I, when I right. do like you think give myself permission it. to. Tr- yeah. Yeah. Because if I do sit down even for a few seconds and, and what I did was as I'm prepping, I'm rereading like the entire book again. And I, I printed it out from the PDF you had sent me as well. I have the the uh, Kindle version that I bought as well. I need to get an autographed copy, but um, there For was sure. one on on page fifty. Please, thank you. Um, and it says, yeah. "Close your eyes, take a full cleansing breath, let go of any thoughts about your day or any pressing thoughts." Right. But then step two is relax your tongue by dropping it down slightly. Your tongue may feel fatter. And then step three, relax your jaw. Well, just dropping my tongue down, I literally felt my chemistry change. Yep. Then the relax the jaw. I mean, right now, even just thinking about that, I I almost want to cry, Renee, because it's like this stress that's always in my body mm-hmm. just it starts to release so the tears come because my body is calming down and everything that was so tight and this is just i didn't even complete the exercise that's just the right. first couple steps yeah that's the alpha sequence that is what slows down your brainwave. We're in and out of this state. That's all hypnosis is, is a change in a brainwave into this alpha state or theta is a little bit deeper. Um, That's where we have access to our subconscious mind. But this technique specifically is drawn to really help you retrain your nervous system. If you've been a low key worrier or a strong worrier, or you find yourself in anxiety, I guarantee you that you tighten your jaw and you're, when you tighten your jaw, there's a vagal nerve that runs from nerve down through our heart and our gut. And when you tighten your jaw, you're squeezing on this nerve, which is saying to your nervous system, oh, we're, there's something going on here, man. We got to get, we got to get going. We got to get this chemistry going. We got to get narrow focus. We got to stop digestion um, and we got to move. And you're already, so it slows down your digestive system, elevates your your tension in your body, you keep very focused, and you lose all creativity or problem solving. So the point is, when you're retraining your nervous system, this is very important to retrain, not on the outside with just thoughts looking in, you must from within. This is an inside job for sure, to shame and rechange your um retrain your, your nervous system and your emotions. So when you relax your tongue, Laura, you're really slowing down the language centers 
in your brain. I have so many people, I'm sure you do too, that has an inner critic, kind of a mean voice. You should be doing this. Why are you doing that? Why are you getting emotional? You should be doing that. You know, the should have, would have, could have, and um, why didn't you? And so it just slows that down because that internal chemistry, that internal dialogue creates a lot of chemistry that we're, we don't really know that we're creating your tongue relax your jaw and breathe and now you're in this oxygen so people tell me all the time um, when I teach this technique if they just pay attention to their jaw day they feel better and they're sleeping there at night that's it all in is relaxing your jaw because when you're relaxing your jaw I'm certain that people are holding their breath holding your breath what you're trying to do in your mind is suppress emotions so you're pushing it down and pushing it down. And we must learn for happiness and joy and physical wellness. We must learn to allow emotions because when we bottle it up here, it just gets bigger and louder and it can start, start screaming up, which is physical illnesses or uh, other stuff. So it's really important. Relax your tongue and your jaw and breathe. That's a meditation. It doesn't take much. And there are many, many ways to do a meditation. People who are joggers, they're in a deep state of meditation. That's why they love it. That's their thing, right? Musicians, I've seen you when you're on a show and you're just with the your with your you're, you're just on it. There's nothing out here. You're completely present to the people. And I know that personally. If we meet up, that present with people that is a form of meditation because. You are connected you are in present day and now you can um, allow emotions that way right that's why you might get more emotions when we breathe tears may show up but that's not a bad thing but we don't have to be swept away we can be the observer quick I tell people to be the observer what does that mean physical reaction or imagine close your eyes and imagine you're at the side of a riverbank the emotions and all the experiences and all the hurt all everything's just whooshing by you in the river but you're on the bank observing it because when in the river this is when we don't feel safe this is when we have a lot of secondary um, negativity from that issue so be the observer get to the side of it get above it and go into neutral and I know that there's a bunch of listeners out there that are going, yeah, easy for Renee to say, even easy for Laura to read that exercise from the book and, you know, moving the tongue and the jaw, but there's no way I can do that. There's just too much going on. I can't quiet my mind. And what I'm worrying about is important. I have to worry about it. So what do you say to those people who for them they think worry makes them feel better because these are things that are real. You know, what if I, I, you know, if I lose my job tomorrow, how am I going to put food on the table or I can't put food on the table? Where am I going to get the money? Um, I don't have a job or I'm going to lose my job for a lot of our author friends out there, you know, including myself who has not written my next book that I want to, I've been in other books, but I haven't written. Well, why am I not doing these things that I see everybody else has done during COVID? I gained mm -hmm. 50 pounds versus this person who lost 150 pounds. <laughs> what do you say? Right. So 
first of all, uh, with anything that we were experiencing, knowing that we were doing the best we can in that moment and um, move into acceptance of what is. What is, is this, and this is where I'm at, and this is my life, and it sucks right now, but this is where I'm at. Accepting that really starts breaking up your connection to all the, um, the chemistry of that. When you're saying, yes, yeah, some people are struggling with real-time things, but we cannot change what happens to us. And I know people have heard this, but it's so important to understand. We can change our reaction to it. We don't have to live in rainbows and unicorn. We have to live in our reality. But the chemistry of worry and the thoughts of the what ifs is now maybe I could do this is different than what if that doesn't work. You see, that's the difference. Maybe I could call. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. So the I could do this is different than is what if that doesn't work. Okay. You see, so if somebody is, let's say they're having real financial issues, they're like, okay, I could call social services. I could call the county. I could call the school and see if something, if there's something available. That's a, I could. The worry is, the fear is, what if that doesn't work? Then my kids are going to go hungry and then I'm going to, I'm going to be living on the street and it's, and I'm homeless. And what if that's not safe? And what if I get, you know, raped? That could go over here, but taking action and problem solving like the astronauts is much different. We could do this. We could do that. Not I should do this or I should have done that wouldn't be in that place in the first place, right? Is completely different and not helping you move forward. It's not. So all of this has to be on the inside. And I wish people come to me and I tell them, I'm going to give you the skill sets to be able to manage this, but I can't do the work for you. And all the work has got to be done inside. And it's really best done in an altered brainwave because now you're the boss. Now you're talking to your subconscious mind that holds those patterns, those beliefs, those emotions. And when you're there, you can get to it. Um, I have a lot of material on besides my books on my bonus page for the books at practicehappynow.com. I also have a YouTube page where I have lots of videos um, there on my YouTube channel, Renee Brent Hypnosis. So there's lots of things that people can do to begin to learn on the inside. But the most important thing I can tell the people and my clients always each day that I see them is trust your journey and trust the timing of how you're finding solutions. We don't understand it. Maybe when you get on the other side of it, looking back, you'll be able to see what you've learned and how it's helped you in the future. But just stay in the moment, go into neutral and find some kind of inner work that works for you. Maybe it's a meditation where people are talking a lot guided. Maybe it's just music where you can just quiet yourself. Maybe it's just doing the alpha sequence a couple times during the day. Maybe it's walking or running meditation. There's a lot of great ones out there. So find something that works for you. Your mind will be busy. We're thinkers, right, Laura? We're thinkers and thoughts come in, but it's when they get there, do they stick? No, we want them to go and just come back out. So you expect the thoughts. Don't get angry about the thoughts. Don't beat yourself up about the thoughts, but say, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm doing something else right now. Kind of like you would if somebody walked in the room and you were on the telephone. Do you have a favorite hint, trip, trick, tip, something to help people interrupt 
these thought patterns when they're happening to begin to gain awareness of them? Because I know for myself, that's has always been one of the hardest things, right? I'm much, much better at gaining awareness of my patterns of behavior than I used to be. But I wasn't always that way. You know, you, the, the yeah. habits for a reason, right? They're automatic. It's like when you're driving a car, as you talked about earlier, and you're, um, you're on autopilot in the car. And, you know, with my book, one of the things I talk about is getting off autopilot. Mm-hmm. But we've all been in a situation where we're driving somewhere and all of a sudden we realize we've reached our destination and we have no memory of the journey. So what can people do to know the journey, to interrupt that thought, that pat, it's not even a thought, it's the pattern so that yeah. they can go, oh, wait, I'm in a cycle of worry. I'm in a cycle of buts. I'm in a cycle of like you talk about in another um, section of the book, you say the question then becomes, does the overeating create the worry or does the worry create the overeating behavior and cravings? I mean, that's just one example. Of, of something. Yeah, it's complex. It really is complex. And um, you have to find the way. That's why I like doing private work with people sometimes because we can work individually. But um, the pattern interrupting is very important because you're retraining the neurons. When you do something automatic, this is where habit comes from. These neurons go like magnets and they lay it down. And now we're just going down there. That's why my underlining worriers didn't even know because you get used to kind of when you've been eating like unhealthy for a while, you just get used to that uncomfortable feeling. And that becomes your, when you start eating a little bit clearer, then you're like, wow, this feels a lot different. It's a light, like a little, a lot like that in, uh, in the inner work. Now, one of the quickest things I can tell people is if they're in this worry or this fear and they're feeling uncomfortable physically and emotionally to ask themselves besides doing the relax your tarnish your I tell people you got to learn to listen to your body early you got to learn to listen to this early because it's like on a horse if you're on a horse anybody who's been on a horse feel the horse going one way or the other you pull the reins when you flip even the little bit when your legs when you feel the tension right. and the movement you pull it back then because if you wait too late and the horse thinks it's the boss, it's in a gallop. You just hold on because it's too late. Pulling those reins ain't going to do nothing. You're really <laughs> in trouble. I've been thrown a few times with that. <laughs> yes. So we have to be the boss straight away with a horse. We have to be the boss straight away with our subconscious mind. So it's about learning. I talk a lot about listening to your body, that felt sense, that tension somewhere in your body when you feel that worry start to show up right? This is when we interrupted. This is when we do the relax the tongue and the jaw. But also ask yourself question, simple. Am I in the future or am I in the past? You're going to find that answer. It's a pretty easy answer, right? For you. Am I in the future? Am I in the past? Oh, I'm in the future. All right. Yeah. Okay. So where can I be? Where should I, where I want to be right now, which is in the present. And if people keep doing that and they take some breaths or they relax their jaw or they just quiet things down, just slow down their brain waves and start talking to the subconscious mind. And that's when they do their inner self-talk, which is I'm okay. I'm safe right now. Right. I don't need that, you know, second row of cookies. When you're right here in this moment, 
that's when you interrupt and that's when you retrain your brain. And that's when your subconscious mind knows you're the boss. And it's very important to be here and, and do that and find some tip tricks that work for you. I have a lot of uh, stuff in the book. I have a lot on my bonus page, but find something that works for you other than a maladaptive behavior like drinking or eating or shopping, because that's just your mind trying to take you away from the pain. I, I'm shop therapy. Totally love shop therapy, you know, to lift my mood. I want something new and bright and cheery and happy. So I, I may go get something or decluttering is, um, a big therapy for me when I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm guessing that that's a good thing versus going to buy new things. I will actually purge stuff because it yeah. makes me feel like I'm more in control of what's going yeah, on. Exactly. Exactly. So I encourage people to um, write a list of things that they can do. If let's say if they're trying to change eating behaviors and worry, definitely emotional eaters are often worriers. And then they, they get themselves to the refrigerator. Um, write a, write something that says, stop, ask the questions. You don't have to say what the questions is. Just stop. Actions. And then am I in the past? What do I need right now is a great question. What do I need right now? And then have a list maybe somewhere of the things that they can do instead, which is go for, you know, uh, 200 steps outside that way and 200 steps back or dance to a song or putting on your favorite music just for a few minutes. It doesn't take much to interrupt. Emotions like worry, the initial worry, the chemistry of that only lasts about 15 to 30 seconds. If we keep in worry and we're cycling in worry, it's because we're putting a log on the fire, right? So it's... It, Knowing that the good thing is, is if we have a habit that we started the clenching of the jaw or the worry, we created it. These are not natural. We created this habit. So we know logically we can release it. We can retrain our brain. And that's what this is all about is breaking that worry agreement is by doing the inner work and quieting the chemistry. When people are shopping or eating, they're looking for the chem positive chemistry. And it's really important to replace that with something else. We don't remove a habit. We replace it with something. And your body is just looking for a chemical quietness. You talk a lot about sleep in the book, too. And that just feeds off of what you were just oh, talking books. about. I know sleep mm -hmm. is... As long as you've known me, sleep has been a problem for me, right? Um, I've woken up multiple times in the middle of the night because I've clenched my jaw so hard, the pain wakes me up. Or I've gotten into some weird position and I realize I can't even breathe because of whatever yeah. position I'm in. And then oh, you probably this, clenched in like this. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah clenched in. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know if you know, but my, my listeners know that for eight weeks, this hand was in this thing to prevent moving it because I picked up something and damaged some tendons and ligaments. So they put me into um, this brace and I had to wear it all day, but also at night. And I kept waking up because I realized how much I kept trying to grab pillows and move things and how much I was swinging around that all of a sudden I couldn't do because my right hand couldn't move and how much I was pushing physically my hand mm -hmm. into the mattress. So for people wow. who are doing these behaviors at night, are there things that they can do before bedtime or when they wake up because they've done these things that can help them. 
which is excellent. It, you know, I tell people if you if everybody would sleep more and drink more water and just move their body a little bit, I'm not talking about exercising or working out in the gym for an hour. I'm talking about moving our body. Those three things easy. We would many people would be on less pain medication and less antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication. We must hydrate. Dehydration really mimics uh, low level depression. Um, so would people just hydrate if they don't want to make any changes and they're like, I can't do any of that. Let's just hydrate more. Try 10 days of just drinking a lot of water and, and look up what you need and go from there. So sleep. So sleep is a passion self. I have, uh, I talk about it in both books. Uh, uh, it has a whole chapter on it. And at practicehappynow.com, I do have a sleep meditation for people because it just takes us in this natural change in a brainwave down into the Delta brainwave, which is sleep. And but for those on video, you can see the URL at the bottom here. If you're listening yeah, on yeah. Prod podcasts, you mentioned practicehappynow.com. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure those links will be in your um, show notes as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, check that out. Just put your email in and uh, go for it. There's lots of videos uh, on there. So sleep, very important because it's very hard to find happiness and joy when you're not sleeping. It just is. We're, we're, we have to sleep. If you didn't charge your phone at night uh, or during the day when it needed battery, it wouldn't work very well. And you wouldn't, you'd get terrible reception and you'd be talking. I love the commercial where they're talking to a brick wall and I mean, talking to a brick and the kids got like a fish on him trying to do because they don't have Wi-Fi. I don't know if you've ever seen that commercial. It's hysterical. That's what it's like for sleep. If you, you have to plug in the chemical transfer that we get when we have at least seven hours of sleep is crucial to happiness. It just is. It's science. It's not Renee just making up stuff. This is science. It's, it's research. A lot from Harvard, a lot from Mayo Clinic talk about this as well. So the job, the work we have to do is not at night. The work we have to do in order to sleep is during the day. Because if you're not listening to your subconscious mind during the day and you're pushing it down with food or whatever you're doing to try and make yourself feel better, or you're in anger all day and you're in this high-level chemistry of anger and frustration all day, it's harder to quiet down your brain waves. And if the only time you're listening to your subconscious mind is when you put a head on a pillow... That's when it's going to do it. That's when it's going to be talking to you. So it's very important through the day to use these techniques about Laura and acknowledge the subconscious mind. I hear you. Thank you. Let's let it go or go into neutral and see all the crap from the day just swooshing by you in that river and pretend you're at the river bank, just watching it all go by and it will get lower and lower and lower. But it's like that horse I talked about. If it's in a gallop, it's too late. If you've been in a gallop all day and you're like, oh yeah, now it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> it's not going to work very well because you've been swimming in this really negative chemistry. Okay, pony, go to sleep now in the middle of a gallop. It's not going to go very well. And then people are using substances um, at night to try and treat the, the subconscious mind, which is another way of suppression. And um, it doesn't work very well. So listen to your subconscious mind through the day and at night, listen maybe to a um, white noise, a guided meditation, or or my longer meditation that takes you right into sleep, and start retraining your brain. And it can't be just at night. It's too late when you do that. 
And those meditations are at practicehappynow.com, right? Yep. And they're also on your YouTube channel, Renee Brent Hypnosis. Correct. Yes, I have a lot of during COVID, um, you know, I'm only one person and I and I book out pretty far in, in my private practice. And uh, so I wanted to get some material out there. So those videos um, that I started I to do a YouTube channel, but never had the time. So thank you, COVID, because now I started being able to do live videos and have some material out there for people. So go check out those videos. They're structured very much like a shorter session with me, which is a conversation, some techniques, and then a, and a short meditation. And if you just start working on that, and then let me know, of course, people can always contact me um, and you know, do a consult if they want to just talk about, I give them some tips, send them some information. And um, people aren't always a candidate for hypnotherapy. I do talk to people before they come in, but I will definitely give you resources. But please just work on sleep. If you don't want to do the inner work yet, work on sleep and drinking more water, and it will help you feel better. Um, the mind will quiet down. And there's no better chemistry than sleep for the brain. I would imagine that you're daughter right now is going, I, there's no way I can get any sleep with a, a newborn infant in the house. And for yeah. any parent, that's probably a thing. They're always listening for their kids who are sleeping in another room. What would be a suggestion for them, for your own daughter, for anybody that's worried about somebody else and that's stopping their sleep? That is so funny because I just had this conversation with her and we did some work on it because she was already, how am I going to not sleep on like, and she was just like, you know, all these hormones and she's kind of upset. I'm like, so you're 30, let me get this. You're 30 days out already. There's a lot of crap going on, Ariel. Let's just get you right back here, which is what do you have control of now? And I'm here. I'm here for another week. Let's just work on this week and get you rested how we can. And we found some answers. Um, so again, I asked her, are you in the past? And are you in the future? Are you in the past? And she knew straight away. So just that understanding that she was way far ahead and there was too much to even bring on her shoulders. She took a breath and she uh, realized it. Now, when we're in worry for other people, especially parents with children, there's something you can do. When you're going to sleep and your brain waves are quieting down, now you have access to your subconscious mind. In a programming, and you talk to your subconscious mind. I do it all the time before I go to sleep. Um, I'm trying to work on on uh, remembering my dreams. So when I try to remember my dreams, I tell myself before I go to sleep, relax, you can do this. Now, what I tell people to do is, here we go. I think we might have missed out a little bit. Hi, Laura. Okay, we're back in. Sorry yeah, your that. audio continued the whole time. Yeah, what was time? the last thing you heard? And we'll go from there. Your, your audio was actually working that whole time. Okay, Just good. The, okay, the video was frozen. Perfect. But why don't you start again about worrying about other people? And then you started talking okay, about perfect. you so, trying to remember your dreams. Yeah. Sure. So 
one thing that I do is know what's going on for my body, which is in, in anything that I do. If you've ever heard me speak pub- publicly, my books, I love to teach you what's going on in your physical body. That's the nerdy nurse in me, right? So not the naughty nurse, but the, <laughs> that didn't quite point on the nerdy nurse. So, um, that if you understand what's happening in your body, you can utilize that. So when you're going to sleep, now you have a slower brainwave and you have access to all of that, all that you are, your subconscious mind. So talk to it when you're going to sleep. Listen, I want you to allow me to sleep through the night. I want you to wake me up if somebody in my family needs it. I know subconscious mind, you're going to wake me up for that appointment that I have it when I have to get up early. And now you're renegotiating. You, you basically have an employee meeting before you close your eyes, before you go to sleep. And you say, this is what I need from you. Today. If I wake up to go to the bathroom, I'm going to go right back to sleep. We need to start communicating with our subconscious mind, not be afraid of it. We need to be the boss. So do that. And in the middle of the night, I have a pad of paper. I'll just write down what my brain's spinning through. And I will say subconscious mind, please allow me to while I sleep. And then I put it down. And then in the morning when you're waking up and your arms are heavy and your eyes are closed, you're in that natural programming state, that hypnotic state. Now you tell your subconscious mind how you want to feel, which is I'm going to go into neutral. I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to take great care of mind and body. Whatever it is, be specific, but that will help you um, move forward. Your body, your if you tell your mind, I'm going to listen to the, for the baby, then you will listen for the baby. But if you tell your mind, I'm alert for everything, now every noise, everything becomes an, an alert, and it's almost impossible to sleep. So be specific with your subconscious mind when you're programming it. Be the boss. I love that. I love that. And um, Renee, where can people get a copy of Breaking the Worry Agreement? Sure. I think that the easiest way, you know, 80% of the book, there are other places, but they are on Amazon, on Kindle, and in hard copy. I am doing Audible for both uh, books this summer. And uh, I'm so busy with, with private practice and other things, obviously, here with the baby. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to summer and get it. Cause I know a lot of people like to listen to books and uh, I think that would be a great thing. So check it out. How big is your butt and breaking the worry agreement on Amazon. Great. Last thought you want to share with my listeners. Don't be afraid to go on the inside. Happiness really is an inside job. And I tell people all the time, um, if you don't take care of you, then who will. You, you must take care of yourself and you're training people around you how to treat you and you're hearing for your children how to take care of themselves and help people from out there and get familiar with what's going on. What are your, accept yourself as you are, untether yourself from the past and really enjoy today. That's so beautiful. Renee, thanks so much for being here with me today. And uh, please hug that little one for me. And it looks like we lost Renee, but we had her till the very end. I will. So, I can't wait. To, he's, he's upstairs crying right now. I'm surprised you didn't hear him. I'm ready. Uh, nope. Couldn't hear him, but you obviously were attuned to hearing him. So, th- so that's a beautiful thing. So thanks again for being on the show. Yeah. Everybody, it was just here with the amazing Renee Brent and her 
latest book, Breaking the Worry Agreement, that you can get anywhere books are sold. And you go to our website, practicehappynow.com. For me, what was so important about having, <coughs> excuse me, Renee on the show today was because worry happens for so many of us without thought, conscious thought about it. It's just there. And it's important to gain awareness of those thoughts, those processes that happen and how it affects your body and how you can break out of them. So I hope today that you've learned one or two more trip. I cannot speak at the end of the show. One or two more tips that can help you begin to break your own personal worry agreements. Grab a copy of her book today and as she said several times throughout the show, the questions you ask yourself can help you break your own worry agreement and gain awareness of them. Because remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.